0: book two chapter one of the cathedral by hugh walpole this librivox recording is in the public domain book two the whispering gallery chapter one five o'clock the green cloud the cloud seemed to creep like smoke from the funnel of the cathedral tower the sun was setting in a fiery wreath of bubbling haze shading in rosy mist the mountains of grey stone THE LITTLE CLOUD, AT FIRST IN THE SHADOWY AIR, LIGHT GREEN AND SHAPED LIKE A RING, TWISTED SPIRALLY, THEN SPREADING, WASHED OUT, AND LAY LIKE A POOL OF WATER AGAINST THE SMOKING SUNSET. GREEN, LIKE THE BLACK BISHOP'S RING, LYING THERE AFTERWARDS UNTIL THE ORANGE HAD FADED AND THE SKY, DESERTED BY THE SUN, WAS MILK WHITE. THE MISTS DESCENDED. THE CATHEDRAL CHIMES STRUCK FIVE. FEBRUARY NIGHT cold smoke misted enwrapped the town at a quarter to five evensong was over and cobbett was putting out the candles in the choir two figures slowly passed down the darkening nave outside the west door they paused gazing at the splendour of the fiery sky it's cold but there'll be stars ronder said stars cold brandon shivered something was wrong with him his heart had clap-clapped during the anthem, as though a cart with heavy wheels had rumbled there. He looked suspiciously at Ronder. He did not like the man, confidently standing there addressing the sky as though he owned it. He would have liked the sunset for himself. "'Well, good-night, Canon. brusquely. He moved away. But Ronder followed him. Uh, "'One moment, Archdeacon. Uh, excuse me. I have been wanting an opportunity.' brandon paused the man was nervous brandon liked that yes he said the rosy light was fading strange that little green cloud rising like smoke from the tower at the last chapter we were on opposite sides i want to say how greatly i have regretted that i feel that we don't know one another as we should i wonder if you would allow me the light was fading ronder spectacles shone his body in shadow to see something more of you to have a real talk with you brandon smiled grimly to himself in the dusk this fool he was afraid then he saw himself hatless in bennett's shop outside the jeering crowd i'm afraid canon ronder that we shall never see eye to eye here about many things if you will allow me to say so you have perhaps not been here quite long enough to understand the real needs of this diocese you must go slowly here more slowly than perhaps you are prepared for we are not modernists here the spectacles alone visible answered well let us discuss it then let us talk things over let me ask you at once have you something against me, something that I have done unwittingly? I have fancied lately a personal note. I am absurdly sensitive, but if there is something that I have done, please let me apologize for it. I want you to tell me.' "'Anything that he had done?' The archdeacon smiled grimly to himself in the dusk. "'I really don't think, Canon, that talking things over will help us. There is really nothing to discuss. Good-night.' the green cloud was gone. Ronder, invisible now, remained in the shadow of the great door. Two. Beside the river, above the mill, a woman's body was black against the gold-crested water. She leaned over the little bridge, her body strong, confident in its physical strength, her hands clasped, her eyes meditative. No need for secrecy to-night, her father was in Drymouth for two days— quarter to five the chimes struck out clear across the town hearing them she looked back and saw the sky a flood of red behind the cathedral she longed for falk to-night a new longing he was better than she had supposed far far better a good boy tender and warm-hearted to be trusted her friend at first he had stood to her only for a means of freedom freedom from this horrible place FROM THIS HORRIBLE MAN, HER FATHER, MORE HORRIBLE THAN ANY OTHERS KNEW. HER MOTHER HAD KNOWN. SHE SHIVERED, SEEING THAT BODY, HEAVY-BREASTED, DULL WHITE, AS, STRIPPED TO THE WAIST, HE BENT OVER THE BED TO STRIKE. HER MOTHER'S CRY, A LITTLE MOAN, SHE SHIVERED AGAIN, STARING INTO THE SUNSET FOR Falk. HE WAS WITH HER. THEY LEANT OVER THE BRIDGE TOGETHER, HIS ARM AROUND HER. THEY SAID VERY LITTLE she looked back. See that strange cloud? Green! Ever seen a green cloud before? Ah, it's peaceful here. She turned and looked into his face. As the dusk came down, she stroked his hair. He put his arm round her and held her close to him. 3. The lamps in the high street, suddenly flaring, beat out the sky— there above the street itself the fiery sunset had not extended the fair watery space was pale egg blue as the chimes so near at hand struck a quarter to five the pale colour began slowly to drain away leaving ashen china shades behind it and up to these shades the orange street lights extended patronizing flaunting but joan pausing for a moment under the arden gate before she turned home saw the full glory of the sunset. She heard, contending with the chimes, the last roll of the organ playing the worshippers out of the mountain of sacrificial stone. She looked up and saw a green cloud, faintly green, like early spring leafage, curl from the tower smoke-wise, and there, lifting his hat, pausing at her side, was Johnny St. Leith. She would have hurried on, she was not happy— Things were not right at home. Something wrong with father, with mother, with Falk. Something wrong, too, with herself. She had heard in the town the talk about this girl, who was coming to the castle for the jubilee time, coming to marry Johnny. Coming to marry him because she was rich and handsome, lovely. Lady St. Leith was determined. So she would hurry on, murmuring good evening. But he stopped her, his face was flushed, "'Andrew heaved eagerly, hungrily, at his side. "'Miss Brandon, just a moment. "'I want to speak to you. Uh, "'Lovely lovely evening, isn't it? Uh, you, "'You caught me the other day. "'Yes, you did, in Orange Street.' "'Why?' "'She tried to speak coldly. "'We're friends. "'You know we are. "'Only in this beastly town no one can be free. "'I only want to tell you if I go away, "'suddenly I'm coming back. "'Mind that.' "'You're not to believe anything they say, "'anything that anyone says. "'I'm coming back. "'Remember that. "'We're friends. "'You must trust me. "'Do you hear?' "'And he was gone, "'striding off towards the cathedral, "'Andrew panting at his heels. "'The light was gone, too. "'Going, going, gone. "'She stayed for a moment. "'As she reached her door, "'the wind rose, "'sifting through the grass, "'rising to her chin.' 4 the two figures met unconsciously without spoken arrangement pushed towards one another by destiny as they had been meeting now continuously during the last weeks almost always at this hour almost always at this place on the sandy path in the green hollow below the cathedral above the stream the hollow under the opposite hill the hill where the field was the field where they had the fair down into this green depth the sunset could not strike and the chimes telling over so slowly and so sweetly the three-quarters filtered down like a memory a reiteration of an old promise a melody almost forgotten but above her head the woman looking up could see the rose change to orange and could watch the cloud like a pool of green water extend and rest lying like a sheet of glass behind which the orange gleamed they met always thus, she coming from the town as though turning upwards through the tangled path to her home in the precincts, he sauntering slowly, his hands behind his back, as though he had been wandering there to think out some problem. Sometimes he did not come, sometimes she could not. They never stayed more than ten minutes there together. No one from month to month at that hour crossed that desolate path. Today he began impetuously, If you hadn't come tonight, I think I would have gone to find you. I had to see you. No, I had nothing to say, only to see you. But I am so lonely in that house. I always knew I was lonely, never more than when I was married. But now, if I hadn't these ten minutes most days, I'd die, I think. They didn't touch one another, but stood opposite, gazing face into face what are we to do he said it can't be wicked just to meet like this and to talk a little i'd like you to know she answered that you and my son you are all i have in the world the two of you and my son has some secret from me i have been so lonely too but i don't feel lonely any more your friendship for me yes i am your friend think of me like that your friend from the first moment i saw you "'You so quiet and gentle and unhappy. "'I realized your unhappiness instantly. "'No one else in this place seemed to notice it. "'I believe God meant us to be friends, "'meant me to bring you happiness a little.' "'Happiness,' she shivered. "'Isn't it cold to-night? "'Do you see that strange green cloud? "'Ah! Now it is gone. "'All the light is going. "'Do you believe in God?' he came closer to her his hand touched her arm yes he answered fiercely and he means me to care for you his hand trembling stroked her arm she did not move his hand shaking touched her neck he bent forward and kissed her neck her mouth then her eyes she leant her head wearily for an instant on his shoulder then whispering good-night she turned and went quietly up the path End of Book Two, Chapter One